Don't look back because the market is closed. Good Friday afternoon, everyone. Kip Harridge here with your daily VR investing podcast. To give you a, a little snapshot today of what we're looking at, again, for the first time in 11 years, the VRA has flipped from uh, medium to long-term bullish. We've been a, a bullish for 11 straight years following the March 2009 lows to now bearish across the board, short, medium, and long-term. I'll walk you through some of that in just a moment, along with what we saw in the market today. Better day today, a really good finish to the week across the board. Dow Jones up 260 points, closing at 23,775. That's up right at just over 1%. S&P 500 up 1.4%. Our leader on the day today, what you want to see if you're bullish, NASDAQ up 1.6%, up a big 139 points, and Russell 2000 up 1.5% as well. Again, a good day across the board. We still, well, we did finish lower this week uh, in uh, across the board compared to where we were based on last Friday's close, but still a good day. A lot of, um, I guess you call it tempered enthusiasm is building for next Thursday's ECB meeting where they're expected to to launch uh, their own aggressive stimulus program of maybe as much as $2 trillion U.S. And um, I think the market's building in some excitement for that. But folks, just bottom line, we see we see what you see. It's, it's, it's that absolute uh, devastation uh, from these lockdowns uh, that have happened uh, in the U.S. and so many other countries around the world just destroying uh, economic growth and, and employment. Now, again, 26 million people unemployed in the country. And the very investing system, which is what we key off of, it's what uh, I built along with my mentors 30, beginning 35 years ago, and then we use here, uh, uh, proprietarily here in the, in the VRA. Again, as Tyler covered yesterday, the VRA system now sits at three screens, bull- we have 12 screens, three screens bullish, nine screens bearish. We simply can't be anything but bearish with this kind of a reading. Uh, people have asked us, what, well, what are the positives? And there's really, there's, the biggest positive, of course, is don't fight the Fed. It's a, it's a big element of the VRA system that does put us at odds with it. We fully recognize that's the case. Fighting the Fed, fighting quantitative easing, uh, when they now can do pretty much what they want to and control the markets as they wish. That's a tough spot to be in. But still, we think the damage has been done fundamentally, and that makes up 70% of our screens are fundamentals. Is so overwhelmingly negative for uh, the short, medium, and long term that uh, we simply ha- don't have a choice but to be bearish here. But that is the big one. Don't fight the Fed. And we again, for the short term here, we are seeing good market leadership from the NASDAQ, from the Qs, from the semiconductors. Again, that, that is what you want to see leading the market. And by the way, they are back above the 200-day moving average. So it's not that it's all, it's all negative. But it still is overwhelmingly negative, and that's how we're positioned for the first time in 11 years. Uh, one of the questions we get a lot is, okay, what would make you change your mind? Well, we believe one of the big things missing from the move floor we saw so far and that will likely push us back to at least a retest of those March 23rd lows is going to be real capitulation. We simply didn't see it. Yes, the, the, uh, the sentiment was terrible. Yes, the internals were terrible. But the one thing we didn't see was capitulation from investors. We didn't see uh, investors throwing up their stocks. Matter of fact, most investors held on to their positions institutionally as well. And that's not typically how bottoms are formed. Saw the very same thing happen in 2008-2009, uh, where uh, until March 2009, when we had a, a, actually a move lower in the major averages, even though many stocks had already, the majority of stocks had already seen their lows, the major averages didn't capitulate for a full another three months in March of 2009. 
That's what we're looking for. Uh, this uh, overwhelming sentiment of pessimism where people say, I just I can't see how the markets can go higher. And uh, that's when you see true bottoms formed, real capitulation. That's what we're looking for. And some of the individual elements that we see that, uh, that make us feel this way, and again, it's, it's, this is new for us, right? It's, it's, a new, it's new for all of us being bearish. I'd much rather be a bull. I'm sure you would as well. Uh, but we've got these, again, overwhelming negatives that must be dealt with. One of these we've talked about to you is just the changes in consumer behavior uh, because of coronavirus and the 24-7 mainstream media mass hysteria fear-mongering that's really changed the way people are going to live their lives, at least a certain percentage, a certain probably a certain large percentage, at least a majority of the public. And will they go back to hotels? Will they go back out and eat at restaurants? Again, with the risk of catching coronavirus, which they believe, many believe, if you just go outside, you know, you can, you can die. And that's, that's, that might be an overstatement, but it's not a big overstatement. And then you have, of course, the, uh, the issues to do with uh, retail, and with malls, how about even going back to your office, uh, to your office building to work? Uh, the, the, the closest analogy I can give you is I believe that a lot of people globally, not again, not just the U.S., these are global changes in consumer behavior. It really is a form of PTSD uh, where people just are going to really struggle to live life as normal. The problem there, of course, is that these industries that people now will not be visiting – the flights they won't be taking, the tourism they won't be doing, on and on and on. They employ hundreds of millions of people globally. And so it's this demand destruction and destruction of employment that uh, unfortunately we believe is going to override any amount uh, or most any amount of quantitative easing and government stimulus. But I will also say this. In the 0809 crisis, it took the government six to eight months. Uh, I'm talking about the government and the Fed, central banks. It took them six to eight months to really get serious about dealing with the problem, the destruction of the housing market. And, of course, the, uh, they really woke up when Wall Street began to implode. So <clears throat> the Fed and governments have acted much more quickly uh, than they did then. And uh, maybe you see that as a positive uh, or maybe you see it as a negative with all the new debt and with the, uh, the, the central bank funny money that's floating around out there. But they have acted sooner. That's a positive. But again, the negatives. Uh, we see a collapse in housing activity and prices. We just do. We see uh, long-term, again, negative changes in consumer behavior. We believe we're going to see economic shocks and systemic failures that will grow throughout multiple cl asset classes like we've seen in oil over the past uh, week to two weeks. And we believe that corporate earnings could decline as much over, as, over the next one to three years as much as 20 to 30%. And uh, assuming the market can hold a P.E. multiple of 15, folks, that tells us we can see a drop from here of about 50% from these current levels, all based in what we see as insanely horrible decisions from both U.S. and global government leaders. We couldn't just take the example of a Japan or a Sweden or a South Korea or a Brazil, I could keep going, that refused to lock down and have had far far better results. You know, maybe, uh, maybe our president will wake up and maybe he'll do a press conference today or Monday or Tuesday and say, you know what, I made a mistake. Apologies to you 26 million unemployed. We're going to reopen the economy aggressively because as the U.S. leads, the world will follow. Uh, we just haven't seen that evidence. Matter of fact, uh, 
just last night he said he may extend the, the social distancing uh, guidelines into the summer months. That's, that's, uh, that's not a positive. So um, that's where we are. Yeah, it's not where we want to be, but it's where we are. We do maintain our positions in our favorite growth stocks. Uh, we call them our VRA 10-baggers. They have the opportunity to, to grow by as much as 1,000%. We continue to be along those. And, of course, we also are along, uh, continue to be along precious metals and miners, which Tyler covered yesterday. You know, we have been uh, really loading the boat with these over the last uh, really more than, more than a year, close to two years, well-positioned in physical gold and silver, not the paper stuff, physical gold and silver, along with our favorite mining stocks and, uh, and ETFs in the mining space. That's where we think the money's going to be made, and quite a bit of it. You may have heard the Bank of America call uh, from this week where they've raised their target for gold to about $3,000 an ounce. We're targeting 2000 first, but we'll take 3000 as well. Let's take a look at under the hood today at some of the internals. Again, good action today. Uh, we saw – let me refresh the screen to make sure I get it just right here. In the uh, uh, advanced decline. Basic climb is good. It was uh, right at two to one positive on NASDAQ, a little bit less than that on NYSE. Up down volume, pretty disappointing. Uh, NYSE only positive by about 300 million issues. And NASDAQ was much better, about two and a half to one positive. Again, that leadership that you want to see from NASDAQ is still taking place. That's a good sign. And then our sector watch today, all 11 S&P 500 sectors closed higher, led by technology up 2.1%. Materials up 1.5%, health up 1.4%. Again, all 11 sectors higher. In our commodity watch today, uh, oil, again, recovering nicely, up another 3.6% today, up 60 cents a barrel at $17.10. Gold gave a little bit back today, down $2.5 an ounce at $1,742 an ounce. Silver gave back uh, $0.02 cents an ounce, closing at $15.33. And finally, Bitcoin trading at 7515 down $2 in Bitcoin. Folks, hope you had a good week, an even better weekend. We'll look forward to seeing you back here again Monday after the close.